I have the one and only, the legendary Elliot Jeffcoat, AKA the real Mr. Worldwide, Mr. International. You spend more of your time outside of the country than you actually do inside of the country, especially with the past couple of years. So I wanted to just focus on this episode about getting your passport. People need to go out there and travel and why. 60% of Americans don't even have current passports. And that number is even higher in the black community. So you and I, we both had a lot of conversations before about the value of getting out of your neighborhood and then out of your city, out of your state, your region. And now, not only have you been outside of your hometown for longer than you've actually been in it, it seems like you've been outside of the country more than you've been in it. So we were roommates in college. You left Batesburg, Leesville, South Carolina. You came all the way to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Let me just ask you this question. When did you realize that it's so valuable to explore other surroundings? I've always understood it because there's a little bit of backdrop to it. My mama actually served in the OM first as she was in telecommunications in the Air Force, right? Uh-huh. And so she, after she had her first child, grandma was still alive. So she was able to leave him uh, with her for a little bit. And she went to Texas to do it, right? Yeah. So she she actually got to travel outside of South Carolina for a little bit, a little bit. And just that little bit played a big difference and not just my life, but like I was surrounding friends. And I'm like, the la- I'm out of the last litter of the, of the chaps, right? Yeah. And I'm next to the last. So I got to see how she would be preaching and teaching to the uh, older brothers and sisters as well. But I was always intuitive and I was listening. And there's another backdrop to that because we're, com- we're coming from the Gullah Geechee uh, tree. So it's like when you come in inland like that, you're, you're also different as well in another area. We wasn't able to travel back and forth so much once did it, uh, once my father got incarcerated. Yeah. And so it kind of made it hard on my mom. And it was a lot of things going on. But it was always a sense of how it was being in a, from a different place. We was always a little bit different even when, where we was at, right? Yeah. And a lot of it played a part of that history itself. And then my mama actually getting outside of South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. And hold on, hold on. Before you even keep going, you mentioned Gola Geechee, right? Just break that down. A lot of people don't even realize that there's a whole subculture on the eastern United States that is Gola Geechee. Let's see. Long story short, Gola Geechee is when you had the, when you do the, like if you do the history, uh, any history on the transatlantic slave situation right mm-hmm. people forget a couple facts when you hear indian the word indian means something different to my ear because i'm thinking of indigenous american you know and those things yeah and specifically in the southeast region over here those indians wasn't like how you see pocahontas on disney <laughs> right they was you know they was my color and your color and even if you get into the math a little bit from okay who survives more? Uh, who survives more in a harsh condition, out of a male and a female? If I was to ask you that question, what would you say? A male. A male. So if, let's say some people don't even believe that you know the transatlantic, uh, transatlantic slave situation didn't even happen. So let's just say if it did happen, right? All right, let's downplay it for these folks. <laughs> you do the numbers. You do the numbers, and you be like, all right, if that was the case, and how they was the conditions they had to survive, it was obviously more males than females that survived. But to even get those percentages that ended up being, you got to say, well, hold up. Who did they mate them with? 
And if you understand anything within the art of war, you know, um, I had to focus on that because we say out of war, but it's art of war. And so if you think about it, you got to get rid of the might, which is the male. So when things were going on anyways, the air quotes, Indians, no disrespect yeah. to nobody, they got rid of most of the males and who do they always keep? Who do you always keep when you conquer a land or something? You got to keep literally the booty. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and and so it, they they had to figure something out. Hmm, this math isn't going to add up really unless you do the math. So obviously there were uh, those African males that they got to mate with the indigenous females that were already here. So that's a that's a concept that people kind of forget or they yeah. just don't know, and I understand it. So with that being said. Charleston was the number one slave port. Over 70% of the slaves came into Charleston, right? We said yeah. Charleston. It's in Charleston. You had to understand that you had Africans from all over Africa. So you had different languages. You had different cultures. And, you know, there's more diversity in a square mile in Africa than it is the rest of the world combined almost. Something like that. Don't quote me on those numbers, but it's pretty close. There's a lot of diversity in Africa. And, so, and so you had all that getting here on the slave blocks on the auction blocks at the slave mart which is still open by the way we can talk about that at another time of course they're not selling slaves <laughs> they ain't selling no slaves no more. but now nah, um you had that going on so you got to understand the genetics and the culture that was mixed in that time span yeah and that's why at the, at the time you know uh the slave sold here were considered carolina gold you know mm -hmm. considered black gold and then uh, Carolina gold was the rice that the Geechee grew a lot of, I meant to say. Keep in mind, they're selling slaves from here, trading here. It's like commerce, man. Like, they was, all these things were going on, but that was the main spot, you know? And one so, of my... So, uh, so, so in short, you basically took a group of all these different African cultures, dialects, beliefs, put them all together, blend them together. And then those people come to the United States and they decide to form a whole separate group right outside of South Carolina. Is that right? Let me add to it. Uh, let me tailor that a little bit. All right. As all this time going on, you got to learn that came together. So they had to learn to communicate with, with each other. You know, for some reason, people still think that, that all Africans speak the same language. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> and so, so they had to figure out how to communicate with each other. And then they had to uh, find out how to learn their master's language as well. Yeah. All that got mixed together. With all of that happening, you had the Sea Islands, right? If you look it up, it's going to go from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, uh, Florida. But yeah. the main island is uh, St. Helena here in South Carolina. So because we was in the, uh, they was in the uh, Sea Islands like that, the white folks didn't necessarily want to be back and forth like that, and they considered it a bad land. So they were just like, all right, y'all can do y'all thing. We just going to come here, get the product, and do whatever else we do to y'all, and we're going to go back to the mainland. So we was able to keep a good bit of the, you know, Afrocentric and Native culture. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And people have to also understand that the word Seminole means run away. Right. Runaway what? Have you ever heard runaway Indian? You heard what? Runaway what? Runaway slave. <laughs> you feel me, Like that's these are facts. Yeah. And so some people ran away, some didn't. Things happened, but within the Gullah Islands, Punda uh, Sea Islands, we was able to keep a good bit of our culture extensively more than the rest of the Africans because we was kind of left alone in a sense. So that created other issues for later. But that's how I could put that in a 
in a little basket, the best way that I can without right, saying right, too right. much. Yeah, that's all that in a nutshell, man, because I know there's a lot that goes into it, and it's a rich history, man. Gullah Gullah Island was a show that a lot of people knew about growing up, but they don't even know the origins of where it came from. So whenever people listen to music and they hear Rick Ross talking about my Rolls Royce trip of black, I'm Geechee, they don't realize that's Gullah Geechee or where that even comes from. But you were growing up and you had a wealth of this knowledge and this wealth of this history. And that allowed you to think differently. So you always were aware, especially with the history of your mom traveling in the military, you were always aware that, hey, there's more to this than just what we see here in Batesburg, Leesville, South Carolina. So the people that you're around, the people that you're growing up with may not see it as, as, as great as you did. So when did you actually realize, I got to go and see what else is out there? Because you weren't traveling and flying the way that your mom was. It was like, uh, it was two sides of the same coin because if you're coming from the Gullah tree, you're more, you're, you're more closer to your, you know, Afrocentric and indigenous American knowledge and things. But at the same time, you're still dealing with America. Yeah. So it's like split families. Some people are like, okay, let's forget about it because it's a little bit embarrassing. Uh, they, they, they might laugh at how you talk, how you speak and how you think and things you do, maybe even how you cook sometimes. Right. Uh-huh. The thing is, is that I never was embarrassed of it. You know, I never was embarrassed of it because I was just like, this is us. So some of the family is big on education, learn how to speak proper and all these things. But it's like, it's not that we was speaking improper or broken English. It just was coming from this conglomeration of this history. So, you know, some words are like this, some sounds are like that, some understandings are other. And you're going to get different dialects as well. The ones in Georgia speak a little bit different. It's just all up under the Gullah umbrella. But... I saw the value in that, for the most part, I've never cared what someone thought, really. I've never cared what someone thought, good or bad. It's just that it is what it is, and I can only control how I'm going to go about it. So I saw value in it because I understood I was cut different than a lot of people around. So even us growing up in that situation and then being inland like this, we were still different. And And I understood that it wasn't a bad difference. You know, it wasn't a bad different. It was just different. A lot of time when someone is picking at somebody or giving somebody a tough time, it's a little bit something because either they don't understand something or they're jealous or they want that something, right? Think about when a new kid comes to school. Mm-hmm. This this dude can be nothing special, but everybody's interested in him, yeah. especially the girls, right? It's because he's new. He's not from there. And they don't know but there was value brought to this entity this person even if this person wasn't worth a day right. it was just because it was new or she was new because it appears foreign right they <laughs> with someone that's foreign and i spent a lot i was tasked to spend a lot of time with our elders so even within my family i'm a little bit different because of what i was how i was right mm-hmm. and so i've understood i've always saw the value in it but at the same time since this is South Carolina. This is the slave state. I was like, I still can't experience the maximum of what and who we are inside of this place because this is all people know. It's like a huge plantation for the most part from this understanding, right? So it's like, dang, it got to be more to the world than this. And my mom always kept a globe. She put the globe the way you had to walk past that thing every day. Mm-hmm. And I remember I would be the only one that actually looked at it. 
And I'm like, man, what's in these different places? Like, I was always curious about it. And my mom was always talking about that this world is bigger than Bisbury Leesville. You know, you got to think outside the box because it really was a box. I, I call it plantation, but it was a box. It really was. And and you had to have some, somebody had to be praying for you. But anyway, and it's like business. Sometimes you just got to switch markets, right? And there's a value here that wasn't there. Or, and you might not know, but at least you know to, hey, I don't know what I'm going to get into, but I'm going to just go. And so I was like, in order to maximize me and what I am, and I'm very spiritual and faith-based, just not religion. Religious. Oh. I study religion, as we both know. I understand it well, whether it's the language, the context, yeah, we, the we, whatever. We'd have had a whole bunch of conversations. <laughs> yeah. But I always will repeat, you know, seek the kingdom of God. Whatever you may call God, whoever you may call God, all those things, but seeking the kingdom. In my understanding, I couldn't seek it without physically seeking. You had to go out <laughs> and explore. There was an adventure out there to be actually discovered. Yeah. And, and so that drove me knowing that it was somewhere else. And I don't have to spell it out. That might be for other podcasts. My actual experiences growing up as a black male in this South and not just this South, South Carolina. I couldn't even I couldn't even tell my high school where I was going to college because I was so afraid that they might try something to stop that process. Right. You know? You know, and I was a star football player, and I'm over here playing soccer, and I got soccer teams, coaches from soccer teams asking me, where am I going to go to college? And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't trust y'all like that. I, I don't know. I, I might not be going to college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just understood I had to get out. Let's just put it like that. Yeah. I no. understood I had to get out. Understood, man. Yeah, you told me stories in the past about how you had guns pointed at you because you were talking to somebody who was outside of your race, right? And different <laughs> things like that. So let me just ask you this real quick, man. So whenever you left, you said, I'm going to get out. It started with you just leaving your area, your state, and going off to college. And then after that, of course, you've been, you've explored a whole lot more. Where all have you been now? Let's, let's start, right? All right, let's say, okay, so I went to school at Oklahoma State. Right, mm-hmm. I went to Oklahoma State. I was there, and anybody that's been to Oklahoma State, no, you if you went to Oklahoma State, you you pretty much went to Texas as well. <laughs> hey, look, man, as a Texan, I would not allow you to say that Texas and Oklahoma are completely different. But go ahead, no, it's different, but like, and then in my situation, I couldn't go home when I wanted to on purpose. Well, I went so far away from there uh, as yeah. well. Where was I at? I had to be in Dallas. I had to be in Fort Worth and in Texas all the time. Right. And I know my way around Dallas like I do Stillwater. I'm also coming from a place to where people haven't left the town since they last away game in high school. Right. So I really count all the places. So states is something else. Those states we went to during the bowl games or the away gotcha. game. I count all of them as well. <laughs> I count them too. I remember being in Scottsdale, Arizona. That was way different than anything I'd ever experienced. <laughs> hey, good times at the Jack in the Box. <laughs> <laughs> hey, them tacos. <laughs> I need two more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I did a little bit over there in the Midwest. Yes, we say the Midwest. And I, not to disrespect y'all Texas folk, but over here we call Texas the Midwest. Texas is Texas. I mean, we can agree to that, too. We can agree to that, too. But, you know, that's a Midwest to us. 
uh, it ain't the South. It's Southern. It's just Texas, but man. it ain't the it's South. It's just Texas, man. That's it. It's just Texas. Let's just leave it there. It's Texas. All right, cool. I remember uh, the first time we went to a party <laughs> together. It was me and you. Oh, Lord. And you said, I'm not going to give the whole story, man. <laughs> I'm not going to get a whole story, but I just remember. Tell the story. You want me to tell the story? I'll tell it now. All right. Now, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, man. This is how this thing went. So I'm coming from South Carolina. It's just black and white folks, right? It was like, it was like I think it was like two Asians that I ever seen that was in the school system, but they they ended up uh, uh, moving away. Bo, I just figured out why they moved away. Why is that? Since this time I've been home. My cousins and them from the other side came and robbed them, so they left the town. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I said, hold up, that was them? Uh, I'm just, wow. I always want, I remember up, they never. Wait a minute, look. Statute of limitations. Are you over here trying to, has it been long nah, enough? Nah, bro, 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 this was like, I was, this was, this happened when I would have been in like middle school. They lived like ninth, eighth graders. Gotcha. I'm just figuring out what happened while they left. It was just two. I don't need the feds listening to my podcast, so I don't want nah, nobody I, incriminating I, nobody else. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't do you like that. I wouldn't jeopardize my boy. <laughs> but anyway, so even when it comes to the parties and stuff, everything was very segregated. It wasn't nothing like that. Now, when I started playing soccer, that was different. I ain't going to lie. Like, that was a little bit different, but you got to understand the culture of soccer wasn't really no real culture. That's another story. State champion, by the way. But anyway, I get to Oklahoma State. And this dude, he talking about some, shoot, we, we finna go hit up this party on, man, what was it, was it and Hester or something like that? And I ain't ever went to no parties like that. Like, in the South, we had, like, bonfires and stuff, but, like, it, it's still different. It was just either black folks or white folks, really. And so we get there. And I'm I, I, I'm trusting Eve, and I'm just like, all right, you know, dude seem like he know what he talking about. Let's, let's see what's going on up in this thing. Man, we get up in this thing. I seen by I seen by like ten different ethnicities, if, if it's that many. I just knew these people were all on wasn't black and all on wasn't white, and there was some other things. And but but obviously at first I seen how many you know non-black people was up in that thing. And I was like, hey, you you show we you show we can be up in here, bro. He like yeah, we, what you mean? Like we we, we good? I'm like. It, E, e, look, man, you show we can look. And I'm over here, like, trying to get his head to look at these peoples. I'm like, you see what I'm seeing? He like, yes, I'm seeing what you seeing. It's good, bro. And then I remember you kind of had to, like, you had to get a little bit serious. Like, bro, we ain't in South Carolina no more. He's like, you ain't in South Carolina no more. He's like, it's cool, bro. And I still didn't fully get relaxed in, in, until I started seeing you, how you was doing things. And I was just like. I said, hey, I said, I went, talked to this girl. I said, hey, go talk to my homeboy, Elliot. <laughs> Next thing you know, Elliot's on there dancing it up. Right? I'm like. <laughs> Elliot dancing like, up a storm in the middle of the room. And I'm like, man, if we go to jail, I guess the verdict is in and I might as well get this last dance in. <laughs> Oh but, man! Nah, but, it was it, it. And think about that though, because you remember how we very first met. You was the only black dude over there at that time on the oh, volleyball oh, court. It was it was a great experience though, because I could not wait to tell my homies. I couldn't wait to tell my homies. I was like, these man. fools ain't gonna believe this.
so what was it like then whenever you go from that environment to now you're going overseas? Where all did you go overseas? And so, what was it like over there? Well, so, Bo, man, it's going to be too many episodes that we would have to do. We're going to have to do some other things because college it is. This might be a four-part series. <laughs> but college in itself prepared me a lot. And I'm not afraid to say it because, you know, the truth is the truth. And I just need y'all to know that. Like, I, and I tell my mom, and my mom knows it. I wouldn't have made it through the first semester if Eve wasn't my, my roommate. Right. And just so happened, teammate. I wouldn't have because I'm the first one to go to college in my family. I knew absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. All these things, and like Eve was right there, and he was like, bro, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And but man, I can't thank you enough. I just gotta give you that, right? Like, like, and I know I say it all the time, but man, I, I I'm gonna say it every time. I don't care. You're talking about me in third person. I'm not I'm not right here, bro. Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I know some folks gonna be hearing this, but anyway. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so that prepared me. That 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 prepared me a lot. I didn't even know you could play ball overseas. I heard about it, but I wasn't even thinking about it mm-hmm. because even right after college, I still wasn't trying to get a passport. I ain't know nothing about a passport. What happened was when when that was all over and I started doing the Canadian League stuff, they was like, if you want an advantage, you should already have your passport ready. So that way, if a team comes out to you, you can be like, hey, I already got mine. And I was just like, yeah, say less then. That make ready. all the sense in the world to me. And and I think I had a conversation with you about it, at least a little bit. I went to that post office, and I got that thing. I had got it expedited, too. I ain't trying to leave no excuses for nobody. And then when we ended up in Miami, mm-hmm. that's when I was at the chamber, and uh, dude Sawyer was like, um, he was like, yeah, this and this and that, and you got, this is how you can get. I'm like, hold up. You can play ball overseas? I'm like, oh, this. This this right up my alley. Right. Because <laughs> I mean the thing is is that yes, I love football. Foot, uh, football has, you know, um anybody that knows football knows football and it's a great sport. It's to me it mimics life like no other sport. And so I collided with this with this opportunity. And it still was some things I had to learn about it. I learned that okay, I can play football in another country. And yes, I got trauma from being from South Carolina. I got trauma for being uh, black in America. Like I got real trauma and it's like no disrespect to nobody, but I'm definitely going to always respect myself. And, and I was just like, man, let's get up out of here. I think think too. too, So you wanted to get up out of there, but I think that you're also somebody who's always been intrigued by things that are unfamiliar. Especially, I think about it in our college days. Think about the friends group that we used to hang out with. Extremely mm-hmm. diverse. People from all different types of backgrounds. And especially whenever we would be, because, you know, we were both athletes, the student athletes that we used to kick it with the most were the ones who were from other countries. So I think that you've always been just like, okay, things that seem unfamiliar, I want to learn more about it. Even whenever we were at school, you found out that I spoke French and you started watching shows in French and looking at the English subtitles. You started listening <laughs> to French. You knew more French music than I did. And you kind of just self-taught. You, you taught yourself French along did, the way. Did you, did you understand where that came from, though? Because of Creole? Yeah. Within the Gullah Tree, uh, depending on who, which slave owner owned your family and stuff, but there's a heavy French influence yeah. in the Gullah, in the Gullah uh, dialect and Gullah language. So 
I understood things and I could naturally say certain things. It's just that sometimes it got mixed up in a Creole to where some things sounded completely different than some things that was just like, I know exactly what that means. I can't explain how I knew what, the, what that meant, yeah. but I knew what that meant. And then I might can repeat something like exactly how it's supposed to go. But like I said, I was dealing with the elders as well. So there's different levels in the Gullah language as well. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I was yeah. well-rounded in all of it. So I was able to pick up these things, which reminds so me. Whenever you learn that formal French, you're trying to figure exactly. out how you can piece it all together. Exactly. And I was like, man, this never was actually explained to me. But even when I would come back home and I would ask about it, the old folks would be like, yeah. And I'm like, why y'all never actually said this, though? Why you didn't inform us like this is like that, like that? But I'm like, OK, makes sense. I also had another set of African friends from my soccer. The thing is, is that they didn't know I was American. Hmm. They didn't know I was American, you know, and, and, and so until I start speaking a certain thing or something, they'd be like, oh, he is American. But right. then I might be saying something else and they'd be like, I think he lying. He ain't American. He don't talk <laughs> like that. And, right. and I, re- I ran into the same thing when we was in Florida and I ran into it when we in, uh, when I'm in these other countries. Nobody knows that I'm black American. They're like, they're thinking I'm either Haitian, Jamaican, um, somewhere from Africa or something. But when I give them a slight little rundown, they're like, ah, makes sense. But they still will turn around and be like, I think he's lying. He's not American. Right, right. <laughs> Doseki's got the beard for the most interesting <laughs> man in the world. I keep telling them, they ain't met Jeffco yet. Who's going to meet Elliot? They're going to know who the most interesting man in the world is. This is part one of a two-part conversation with Elliot. Next time, we're talking about his experience living in Europe. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>